Welcome to Confessions of a Melanated Queen, a podcast designed to celebrate achievements within black culture. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Meeks. So I wanted to bring my dad on the show this week um, because a lot of people had questions about the chapter of my book that talks about um, Jesus is my savior. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. But in the chapter, I got very critical of the state of affairs within the black church. But I wanted people to have an understanding of my perspective and why I wanted to address things the way I did. Um, I grew up in a particular faith. Um, I celebrated um, the Sabbath very different than a lot of my peers. And I wanted to talk to my dad, who's a pastor, about some of the things that, you know, we've learned over the years, some of the things that we've learned to to kind of shift in the way we think and our mindset and have him to back it up with some scripture. Um, my dad is Mr. Lafayette Wright, Pastor Lafayette Wright. He is the pastor of the Temple of God in Jesus Christ. Um, he's one of the reasons why I have the faith that I have. I believe the way I do. I was brought up going to church on Friday nights and Saturdays in the afternoon. So I wanted just to have some conversations with him. Daddy, you want to introduce yourself and talk to the people? Yes. Yeah, my name is Pastor Wright from the Temple of God in Jesus Christ. And it's a pleasure to come here and let everyone hear my views about the Bible. But what I'm going to talk about is strictly out of the Bible and give you chapters to refer to. So we, I never considered myself a religious person, but very spiritual. The first question for you is, what lessons have you learned over the years and your learning, your evolution in um, your knowledge of the Bible? What is the difference between religion and spirituality? Is it better to be religious or is it better to be spiritual? It better to be spiritual because religion has a way of being in politics. And if we, as we read the Bible, we'll find out that Jesus never applied to politics. As he told the people in the uh, New Testament that uh, honor the Caesar was Caesar, honor the God was God. And he was all about his father. And when I say spiritual, because we're dealing with a spiritual world, that everything that was made was made from spirit and was made by Jesus according to uh, Colossians uh, 1 and 16. So if you read those, I'm going to give you some scripture on everything that I say. You can find out that everything that was made was made by him spiritually. And people think that uh, Jesus was just born and that was his beginning. But his beginning, he was here from the beginning and he is the word. Next question. So tell us about angels. I remember hearing about um, certain angels who had more power than others, like Michael, Gabriel. Some people named their children after these angels. Um, what is Explain to us the hierarchy of God's angels, and how do we fit into that? Well, a lot of people ask that question about angels and how are they, who's in charge, and why do he send, mention Michael and Gabriel? And then uh, it, I think it's this... Uh, Ezekiel, it talks about certain angels, but God have angels that's up in heaven in Revelation, the uh, fourth chapter, uh, the four and twenty elders, and then he have angels that he have never named. For instance, the one that came to uh, Samson's mother, they asked the name and he wouldn't give him a name. And some of the angels, the angels that came to Zechariah uh, in the book of Luke, 
he did not give him a name because he didn't want people to think that certain angels do certain things. What people do say now, they know what angels do. Angels were put here for our benefit that if we, uh, they're here to protect us according to Psalms 20, 34 and verse, uh, let me see, Psalms 34, verse 7. So we don't know, angels don't have, they were here to serve God from the beginning. He made them first. One of the first things he made was angels, and they're spiritual, and they obey him. And the ones that didn't obey him was kicked out of heaven. That's in, in uh, Revelation, I think, the 12th chapter, and it was a war up in heaven, and they would throw it out. And he had some angels in the book of Jude that he never even released in a pit with a chain on them, which he's going to put Satan at the end of the world. He's going to, uh, Revelation 20th chapter, he's going to chain Satan up for a thousand years. But there is angels all around us every day. That's how we survive, and God tells you to stay prayerful. But angels have been assigned to people from their birth. And some people, uh, when people get killed, well, they say, well, what happened? Why didn't God protect them? It's their time. We cannot question God. That's the problem that Jonah had. Um, you cannot question God. His, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So we have to depend on him and have faith in him. So the other question I have, there have been some type of confusion and um, disagreements over the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Now, I know that there are some important laws um, in the Old Testament that many people still adhere to and then other people don't think that we need to. So for an example, in the book of Leviticus lists, I think it's Leviticus 20, it lists our dietary laws. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't always follow them. Sometimes I follow them, sometimes I don't. But, um, and that's something I think that we do need to work on. Um, so it talks about, you know, eating certain types of animals and then animals that are clean and unclean. Can you explain to people how they should view the Old Testament and should we still be following the dietary laws and why? The reason why we should follow the dietary laws is because God never did away with them. The laws were set up for what man should eat. From the beginning, God made herbs and plants and things like that. But after man sinned, he had to kill an animal to the cover of men, the clothes and things that they made and that God made to cover man up. But he set some laws in Leviticus 11 chapter and Leviticus 17 chapter. But 11 chapter, verse 1 through 7, it tells you about the animals that's clean and unclean. If we read about Noah, um, when he made the, the ark, God sent the animals in there two by two, the unclean animals. And the clean animals, read, all, read the whole chapter. The clean animals he sent in there, uh, it was uh, seven by seven of the clean animals. But animals that was made unclean are still unclean. Well, some people go to Acts where it says that where Peter, uh, to say that he God said you can eat anything because, but he was talking about Gentiles. He was talking about nations that did eat things. And I got another verse here where it talks about blood in Leviticus, the 17th chapter. We're not supposed to even eat any blood because blood is life of of man and animals and we take on those characteristics when you eat blood it's sin in blood uh something had to be shed in order to eat blood so you're not supposed to eat blood blood is is, is life and god tell us don't eat that and plus animals is not clean it's still unclean but even saying that people are still going to eat what they want to eat but if you eat the right things you will live longer 
You, if you do what God said, you will live longer. Regardless of, he knew what man was going to do. He just told you what you shouldn't eat. And he told the prophets back then to tell everyone. He had fish that cleans the sea. He had animals that clean the dead, uh, like buzzards and possums. You know, we don't want to eat those. We have crows and things like that. You have animals that eat other animals. And that's all they do. But And he make animals that eat just vegetables, that eat clean stuff. So when we eat them, and, and you know, people even say when you get a transfer like a heart or liver from a person, they say, well, you know, I never wanted beer before. I never wanted to drink a shot of whiskey or, or barbecue. All of a sudden, you take on those person cares because you're putting that person party part of their body in you so that's one of the reasons god wanted us to eat what's right to be clean because he's clean he's he's perfect so he he's working on us to become perfect and that's why he created man so in his image to be not close to angel but under angel but he got angels watching over us it all goes together and it's all about god's spirit because we have to worship god in spirit and in truth and he is a spirit he's not a flesh and blood he can, he can appear and disappear, and when we see the Son, we see the Father. And he was here before man. Jesus made man. People think that God himself, the Father, made man. Jesus made man. Because if you read the book of Genesis, he said, man had become one of us. Who's us? It's the Father and the Son. We see the Father. You, when you see the Son, you see the Father. So we have to you, you go by God's Spirit. <clears throat> and the only way you're going to have God's Spirit is to have faith. You got to have faith in God. Next. So their response segue to the next question about obedience. So what you're saying is that if you if you do what God asks you to do, to eat the right types of foods, that you may live longer, be more healthier. Um, some examples: uh, Jonah, Lot's wife, who turned to a pillar of salt, all because they did not obey God. Jonah was swallowed or eaten up by a a big fish. And when he finally called out on God, he was released back to the shore. Give us some examples of how some of those those were extreme stories from back in biblical times. But what about now when people don't obey God? What do you think some of the repercussions may be? When you don't obey God, Satan is always around. Satan knows God's elect. He knows his chosen. According to uh, Ephesians, the first chapter, God has chosen people out of the world to deliver the word of God. They don't know why, but God has chosen them from the beginning. According to the scripture now, this is not me saying this, uh, Ephesians uh, the one, and he picked people that he know that's going to do what's right. Not to say we're perfect, because he's going to mold you, according to Jeremiah. He's going to mold us into the people he wants us to be. Everyone in the Bible that God talked to and used, including David, wasn't right. God couldn't find any right men. That's why Jesus, the son had to come to straighten out death. It's all about death to stop death. But if we be obedient, we won't have to suffer like most people suffer. You're going to, Satan is going to mess with you. He's going to always mess with you. That's why you have to put on the armor. And according to Galatians, you put on the armor, which is the word of God, which is the Bible, which we read out of. But Jonah was upset because of the Syrians, which was the Netherlands. They killed a lot of God's people, and he felt like God shouldn't save them. And he, what he tried to do was pass judgment on those people. And God said, well, they're willing to change, and you go and tell them about me. And he went and got on a ship and went the other way. And God said, okay, I have a fish that will swallow you up. And when he got to praying, God had the, the fish to throw him up on the deck. With a walk that took three days, he did it in one day. 
So God have a way of getting your attention. And Lot's wife, if you read in, um, I think it's in, yeah, Genesis, the 19th chapter, Lot and his wife and his family was told to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah. They ignored them. They The angel told them, two angels came, and they looked like men. They didn't, wasn't strange or whatever, and they never said who their name was. But if you read a little farther up, you see where Abraham, when God, uh, Jesus was there with him, and he was with those two angels, they, he would see Abraham first to tell him what was going to happen because Lot was his nephew. And when they got there, the two men, it was only two men instead of three. The other one was Jesus. He went back. And he and they talked a lot. And, you know, everybody knows the story how they blind the people because of the type of behavior they had. And I don't want to get into that. But either way it go, Lot wife knew that she was not supposed to look back because they would be consumed. And she did that. That's an example for us. Don't look back on your life to say that you had a good time in, in the world when you was in the world. Look ahead. Look forward. Look, press for that mark. Of what mark? The mark of a spiritual body to get in God's kingdom. Because we all, are, uh, our purpose is to get in God's kingdom and to live right and help and love our brothers and sisters. And that's what's wrong with the world right now is no love. We have to love everyone, you know, and God love us. In Romans 8 chapter, it talks about nothing can out change his love for you. And in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, he said he'll be with you forever. This is, we had to have faith in God. And I now... Uh, say that for the next question. So tell us a little bit more about faith. I think that now um, a lot of people, uh, younger people coming up, the younger millennials, uh, I noticed that a lot of them are losing faith. They're seeing a lot of things that discourage them. They're seeing a lot of things that will make them kind of turn away from some of the, the beliefs and practices that maybe their parents or grandparents taught them. How can you encourage um, young people like uh, my son's age and our children? How can we encourage them to maintain faith in the type of world that we live in? Well, one thing we have to read Hebrews, the 11 chapter where it says it's impossible to please God without faith. You have to believe that there is a God and that there is a son that was sent to help us. And he died for us that he, he took on all our sins he made man and had become a man in order to overcome death. Life is about living and God wants us to live. He know that in the body we have now that we can't live forever. So he promised that he would give us another body in the next world. And the first thing we should do is believe in our heart and read Romans the 10th chapter that if you believe, then you shall be saved. But you got to believe in your heart and acknowledge him that he is the only one that can save you. And he will. God do not lie. Not only that, the things that you ask for life, he will give to you when he get ready, not when you want it. He knows everything, knows all your needs. He knows the animal needs. Animals never starve. The animals never have, he's not going to dig up a worm for a bird, but he knows the bird know how to get the worm out the ground. So the same way we have to go out and work for God. We have to go out and work for our families. The whole thing in life is to uh, tell your family about God and depend on him. And you can't go wrong. I haven't seen a person yet that believe in God that end up being hungry. Uh, some people say they do, but they don't trust in them. They don't wait. They don't continue praying and long suffering and obedience. If he tell you to do something, the Bible tells you to do something, do it. But we think we can fix things ourselves. We can't fix it. All our problems we have to take to him because he's spirit. And he and you're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're fighting against a spiritual world, which is 
Um, that's in John, John six chapter two thirty two to fifty one about we've been given to Jesus and that He will fight your battles. Is he have angels, millions of angels over the world and billions of angels. Same way Satan have some, but they cannot defeat God's spirit because his spirit is stronger. Okay, well, that, those are all the questions I had. So you are the pastor for the temple of God and Jesus Christ. Where can people find you and where is that located? It's at 159 West 95th Street in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, right next to uh, Wentworth Street in Wentworth, you'll see our sign. And what we teach is the whole Bible. We teach the Word. It's not a lot of preaching. It's teaching. And, you know, you, we welcome people to holler if they want to or if they feel the Spirit. But we're not one of those churches where you can. And I feel if, if, if you can holler at a, a football game or something like that, you can holler out in church. But, you know, I'm not the kind of pastor that screams at people. I'm a teaching pastor. I'm a word man. I teach the word. And that word is the spirit of God in the Bible. Everything we talk is out of the Bible. There's nothing my thoughts or nobody other thoughts I get. Everything I've learned for over 50 years or that I've been learning the word of God is strictly out of the Bible. And I, I don't go by what someone else says. So if you really want to learn the scripture, come out and have your Bible with you and take notes and go home and read it and teach it to your children or teach it to your wife. And I guarantee you that you can't go wrong. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Daddy. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. God bless everyone. Thank you for listening to Confessions of a Melanated Queen. Follow Dr. Meeks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dr. Lauren Meeks. If you have a confession, visit confessionsofamelanatedqueen.com and share your story. Peace and love.